Thank you for joining the Let's Be Real podcast. My name is Erica, and we are about to jump into episode 58. I can't even believe it. Uh, 50 episodes past my eight-episode goal. If you've been with us from the beginning, that was my goal was to make it to eight because on average, podcasts make it to seven episodes before they give up. So I was shooting world big. I was shooting for eight, and here we are at 58. I'm so glad you have joined us. Let's get started. If you can believe it or not, but it is June, and this is my warning for you. July 4th is right around the corner. <laughs> Every summer, July 4th comes and like, how how did it get here already? My husband's birthday is July 4th, my oldest daughter's July 6th, so there's always a lot of great festivities, but it seems to always sneak up on me. I feel like I have all of this time in June, but it always just appears, and I'm like, wait, how are we here already? So this is your heads up. July 4th is like in three days. <laughs> yes, it might be on June 3rd, but it'll feel like it's around the corner. I'm not even joking. So that is my PSA. It is my heads up for all the busy people out there. If planning is required, start now for your weekend because it's going to happen like that. So it is June, which means my garden should be in. It should be in Memorial Day weekend. That's always my goal in the last couple of years. I have not <laughs> gotten it to happen. Life circumstances, my own health, wellness, lots of busyness and issues has brought me to a place where I am very, very behind on my garden. You might be wondering, Erica, what does this have to do with your Let's Be Real podcast? Well, I'm going to geek out a little bit with you today, and you're just going to have to find it super fascinating. <laughs> I've done this on a couple other episodes before, but I spent about an hour and a half this evening once the sun went down, mind you, because the sun is too hot for me. I live in Wisconsin. I don't like the heat. There's always a meme going around on social media among like all of us Wisconsin people. They're like, no complaining about the heat because the snow's going to be back in like five more months. And I uh, make sure that I never complain about the snow and the cold just so that I can complain about the heat because, oh, it just sometimes gets too hot for me. So waited until the sun started to go down. Also brought a tent into the garden so that I could weed and shade. Yeah, picture that one. And I started working on a bed or two. My goal, because I'm so far behind, my garden is probably 1,400 square feet. And it's big. It's probably too big for one person. And I have a yard of just weeds. I have very little actual lawn and grass. But my garden has wonderful grass everywhere. I was like, hmm, I grow the best grass in my garden. My yard, on the other hand, not so much. I would need like an army of at least 10 people for a whole day to maybe get this whole thing under control. So I am resigning myself to focusing on a third of it. Like, you know what? If you can get a third in really good shape and plant and grow the things you really want this year, it's still going to be a win. Like, I have to talk myself into this. Otherwise, I'm going to be like, see, look, you failed. You can't do it. Like, my negative self-talk, it's got, it's, it's got a good game. So I'm always battling that and playing that game and be like, you know what? Based on your year, based on where you are, a third of the garden in good shape is good. Now, come later summer, 
when I have more time because everything's planted and weeded. I'll be super frustrated with myself that I didn't go for all of it. But right now, I'm trying to acknowledge my limitations. And I spent some time out there tonight to get that third ready to go. And I have these great quiet times out there. I have these great realizations and conversations with God and these pictures that we see Jesus speak and use in parables and use in the scriptures to his disciples, to his listeners, to the people that are following him and hearing him teach. It's an agrarian society, right? They're farmers, they're artisans, they're fishermen, they're poor. They're all very familiar with this, this lifestyle of providing for yourself and growing. And he uses parables to help make his points. As I was out weeding my garden, I never missed this lesson of pulling weeds. Now, this is where I geek out. I have switched over to a no-till method of gardening. I don't know if you're familiar with no-till. Tilling, rototillers, like, you know, till up your whole garden, rake out all the weeds. Now you have this clean slate. That's kind of what I think most of us are accustomed to. That's what we see in industrial agriculture around the country. That's what we know. That is what I knew when I first started my garden here. I did that for at least the first three or four years until I learned how detrimental that is to the development of soil. So this is where I'm geeking out. By tilling up your soil every year, you're actually exposing it to more and more weed seeds. So you're actually going to get worse weeds every single year than you had the year before. Second, you're destroying what's called the mycorrhiza and the fungus all in the soil. It is this, the white kind of fungus stringy things that sometimes in your mulch you might think looks like, oh no, I have mold. No, it is something super great. It's like this underground network of highway that kind of gives further distance to the roots of a plant. It helps, it connects to the roots of your plants and it helps nutrients and water and all the right foods and the sugars to get to your plant. So you want that white mycorrhiza there to help it reach further for what it needs to be the healthiest plant. Soil is something that is living in the one square inch of soil. You're going to have 100,000 to a million living bacteria. And when you till it, you kill their home. You kill them. So I'm like, okay, so I'm not going to till. All right, sold. That's a lot of work. (laughs) So I I will happily give up tilling. So what do I now do instead? So now what you do is you keep layering organic matter onto the top of your soil. So you're going to put mulch down. You're going to put compost down. You're going to put newspaper or cardboard to help suppress the weeds. You're going to put straw. You're going to put leaf litter. You just keep layering on top of what is your dirt to help it grow into a living, deep, rich soil. So if you look at a field... I'm sure you've seen one of them that you're like, wow, look at how dark that soil is. Maybe they just added manure. Maybe, oh yeah, you can add manure. That's another one. And then you will see, we have a lot of cornfields around here. If you drive past a cornfield and you look down at the ground surface there, you're going to probably see a hard, compact, dry-looking, lightish, brownish, grayish dirt. What you're seeing is not Soil. As you continue to till your garden or your fields, when rain comes, it does indeed wash away the topsoil. Most of the topsoil in the United States has already washed into the ocean. It is measurable and it is crazy to see how it just gets washed away into rivers and streams and then it's gone. 
you can build and create topsoil by feeding your dirt organic matter, by getting worms in there, by, by feeding the fungus, by feeding the mycorrhiza, by feeding all of the bugs, by welcoming worms back in and frogs and toads and oh, we have a newt <laughs> and it freaks me out every time. Like life. You need to welcome life back in to your ecosystem to have a healthy soil. So as I'm weeding, I love, one, I love to weed. It's kind of a sickness. You're actually not supposed to weed in a no-till garden, but mine is very much a work in progress. There are areas I do very well with no-till and layering, and it's the weeds are way less there, and there are places I'm not so good and maybe missed a spot, and now I have areas of hard, dry dirt, and I have areas of moist, wet, living soil. And the comparison is huge, especially when you start to weed. The dry, hard dirt, those weeds break off. You are unable to get to the roots. There's like no hope. If you want to get a tool and dig in there, you can. That's a lot of extra work. And quite frankly, I'm moving to no-till, so it is less work. So I'm like, I really don't want to go find my tools. (laughs) I kind of just want them to come out when I pull. I like the satisfaction of the whole big grass coming out with the whole roots and everything. And then you get to the healthy soil where it is moist and it is loose. It's not compacted because there's so much life in the soil that's moving and breaking it up. It doesn't need to be aerated because the bugs and the bacteria are already doing that for you. And the weeds pull out like magic. And it is so fun. I love it. It's like when it's just kind of whoop, you're like, yes. I love that. And I sit and I ponder and I think about the metaphor that is soil, that is weeds, that is our heart and our struggles. The weeds come out of the healthy soil easier, faster, and smoother. Like the soil just didn't want it there. It was happy to give it up. The dry, rock-hard, light brown-gray dirt hangs on to those weeds for dear life. They're not going to give you the root. They'll let you break off the surface and hang on tight for what's boiling beneath. And as I think about this picture, as I'm weeding for like an hour, I was like, isn't this the truth in our lives? When I'm in a place in a healthy relationship with God, when we are intimate and close in our relationship, when it is healthy and living and vibrant, when he reveals something to me that needs to be removed, it is way easier to deal with it. It comes out much sooner. I want it out quicker. I was like, yeah, get rid of it. Yes, that was satisfying. Let's keep growing. And then there are times in my life where I can totally identify with the dry, rock-hard dirt where there might be a, a weed pointed out by God, by others, and you're like, yeah, I should probably deal with that. And you know what I kind of do on a surface level? Just break it off. Nobody can see it now. At least it looks better, but in my heart, I'm hanging on to that struggle, not letting it go. There's a death grip on this issue, mainly because I'm not ready to deal with it. 
or that's going to take a lot of work. I'm going to have to go get a tool. <laughs> do you see? Do you see my metaphor? I think you get it. Because I think we can probably identify with one of those areas in our walk with the Lord. Hopefully, both. Hopefully, we can identify with this rich, living, vibrant, intimate relationship with the Lord where conviction comes. Handle it humbly and approach it quickly and deal with the root of the issue. But I think a lot of us can really understand the whole, ah, this darn thing is back again. I'm dealing with the same dumb weed again. Clearly, I did not deal with it to its fullness the first time around. This makes me think of the parable of the soils. You see it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke in the Gospels where Jesus is talking to a group of people and then the disciples are like, hey, what does that mean? And he explains it to them. And I'm going to read to you from Luke 8, starting at verse 9. When his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So the parable of the soils, if you're not familiar, is seed being scattered on four different types of soils that will be laid out here in this, in this description from Jesus, and it starts in verse 12. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. I want you to just think about this picture of seeds being planted. What kind of soil do they need to be planted in? In the healthy living soil, not along a dirt road, not among rocks where it falls in between rocks and maybe finds a little bit of soil and can start to grow but dies. Not among weeds and thorns, but in healthy living soil. What I like about this parable is how Jesus explains that it's about heart condition. This soil, this is your heart condition. Where are you at? Do you hold your relationship to God, your salvation, the power of the gospel? Do you hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience? Are you there? I see that as this dark, rich, beautiful, living soil. The one before that is the ones that fell among the thorns. They're choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. I see that as this hard, rock, dry soil that doesn't give much, except for maybe weeds. And it hangs on pretty tight to them. There's not a maturity in fruit. Where are you? Do you picture yourself among any of these kinds of soil? What can you do for your heart condition? for your soil. What I'm talking about, building this new topsoil, 
is feeding it. It's giving it the proper organic materials. It's layering it on top, layering it on top, layering it on top. And you just keep doing it season after season after season. All throughout the growing seasons, all throughout the growing stages of your garden, you keep layering. You suppress those weeds and you're feeding the soil. The soil is growing deeper. You increase the depth of your topsoil and it's growing richer and it produces fruit that is more and more abundant. The more and more that you feed it and layer it. Are you feeding your soil? Or are you kind of living on a dry, rocky gray dirt? That is my question for you today. How is your heart? Are you feeding it? Is it growing? Is it being fed? Is it becoming alive and abundant to produce fruit? Or are you feeling a little choked out right now? Are you holding the cares of this world, your busy schedule, the stress of money, all of the demands that the world puts on you, or quite frankly, the demands that you put on yourself? Because I do think we probably all have pretty unrealistic, unhealthy expectations of ourselves that we think everybody else is putting on us. Now, they might be, but we do it too. I think we're probably the biggest offender. Are you carrying those things? Are they choking you out? Are they too heavy? Can you let some of those things go? so that you can just start feeding your dirt to grow soil, to be a soft, living, vibrant place of growth. It needs to be nurtured. You need to feed it. You need to get into the word of God. You need to pour over it. You need to meet with your Savior. This week, let's all just find a time to actually kneel on the ground and come before Jesus and say, God, Show and reveal to me my heart condition. What does my soil look like? How do I feed it? Because God, you know what I need. You know what each individual person really needs to continue to grow, and you need to speak directly into each one of us. You have spoken to us through your word that we know that we need to love you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, that we need to grow in our wisdom and knowledge of you and of your word. God, pour that truth into our hearts. Remind us of that truth and point us in ways to just keep feeding and nourishing our soil so that when it's time to deal with those pesky weeds, that hopefully we can do it quickly and not quite as painfully and hopefully not have to do it over and over again. I will be thinking of each of you this week as I continue to work and weed in my garden and be praying for just a great takeaway and application to your own heart and your own life. I wanted to make sure that you, in an effort of helping you layer on, didn't miss the announcement that went out on social media this last week. The Save the Date for our third annual Let the Women Retreat Weekend is coming up September 24th, 25th, 26th in Williams Bay, Wisconsin. Registration opens June 15th, so you've got about a week and a half until it opens, so keep your eyes open at either the website or social media, Instagram, and Facebook is where we're at. Hope you can join us so we can help grow and deepen each other's faith and just feed one another and have a wonderful, relaxing, enriching time while we are at it. So stay tuned. Hope to see you there.